Let us walk in the pathway of the saints Follow close their examples of following the Lord Let us faithfully finish the race And behold the face of God Welcome to Morningstar Renewal Center's Walking Club, where this week we continue walking with the saints. Prayerful walking invites you to bring intentionality into your walk. Think of your walking time as your time with God. Walking and prayer are really as ancient as the origins of our faith. This week, as we are walking with the life of St. Juan Diego, May we be open as he was to the divine messages which he received while walking himself. Here's a few suggestions. Before you begin your prayer walk, orient yourself in prayer. You may want to begin with the sign of the cross or another prayerful gesture. The main thing is to sync your mind, heart, and body together that this time is prayer. Allow the life of St. Juan Diego to capture your imagination. Pay attention to what you see as you walk, how you feel, what you hear and smell. Utilize the meditation time before the closing prayer to practice listening. Strengthen your contemplative muscles, as Juan Diego must have in his own practice of walking. Enjoy this time with the divine who is with you, in you, and certainly all around you. What you have following is a simple biography of St. Juan Diego, including a closing prayer, after which you have five short meditations, including reflective questions or prayer prompts that we hope you'll use throughout the week as you go on your walks. So let's get going with St. Juan Diego. We hope that meditating on his life, your own relationship with God will grow deeper. St. Juan Diego was born in 1474 as Kualulatotzin, He was native to Mexico of Aztec descent. He became the first indigenous saint from the Americas, canonized on July 31st, 2002 by Pope John Paul II. His feast day is celebrated on December 9th and he is the patron saint of indigenous people. Here's a little bit about his life. Following the early death of his father, Juan Diego was taken to live with his uncle. From the age of three, he was raised in line with the Aztec beliefs, as that was the dominant culture of his time. He was recognized for his religious fervor, his respectful and gracious attitude toward the Virgin Mary, and his bishop Juan de Zumaraga, and his undying love for his uncle. When a group of 12 Franciscan missionaries arrived in Mexico in 1524, he and his wife, Maria Lucia, converted to become Catholics and were among the first to be baptized in that region. Juan Diego was committed to his new life in Christ and would walk long distances, about 15 miles, to receive religious instruction at the Franciscan Mission Station. On December 9th, 1531, Juan Diego was in a hurry to make it to Mass and celebrate the Feast of the Immaculate Conception. However, he was stopped by the beautiful sight of a radiant woman who introduced herself in his native tongue as the ever-perfect Holy Mary who was honored to be the mother of the true God. Mary told Juan Diego 
she was the mother of all those who lived in his land and asked him to make a request to the local bishop. She wanted them to build a chapel in her honor there on Tepeyac Hill, which is the site of the former Aztec temple. When Juan Diego approached Bishop Juan de Zumaraga, telling of what happened in seeing the beautiful lady on the hill, he was presented with doubts and was told to give the bishop time to reflect on the news. Later the same day, Juan Diego encountered the Virgin Mary, a second apparition, and told her he had failed in granting her request. He tried to explain to the lady that he was not an important person and therefore not the one for the task. But she instead told him he was the man she wanted. Juan Diego returned to the bishop the next day and repeated his request from the lady. But now the bishop asked for proof or a sign that the apparition was real and truly from heaven. Juan Diego went straight to Tepeyac and once again he encountered the Virgin Mary. After explaining to her what the bishop had asked, she agreed and she told him that she would provide him with proof on the next day, December 11th. However, on the next day, Juan Diego's uncle, who he dearly loved, became very sick and he felt obligated to stay and care for him. Since his uncle was so sick, Juan Diego sent out to find a priest for his uncle. He was determined to get back to the Virgin Mary's mission for him, since he didn't want to face her with shame for missing the previous day's meeting. But the Virgin Mary intercepted him and met him along the way and asked what was wrong. He explained his situation and promised to return after he found his uncle a priest. She looked at him and asked in his native language, Am I not here? I am your mother. She promised him his uncle would be cured and asked him to climb to the hill and collect the flowers growing there. Juan Diego obeyed and found many flowers growing in December on the rocky land. He filled his tilma or cloak with the flowers and returned to Mary. The Virgin Mary arranged the flowers within his cloak and told him this would be the sign he is to present to the bishop. Once Juan Diego found the bishop, he opened his cloak in his presence and the bishop was presented with a miraculous imprinted image of the Virgin Mary on the flowered filled cloak. The next day, Juan Diego found his uncle fully healed from his illness. His uncle explained that he too had seen the Virgin Mary. She instructed him on her desires to have a church built on Tepeyac Hill. She also told him that she wanted to be known by the title Guadalupe. News of Juan Diego's miracle quickly spread and he became very well known. However, Juan Diego also remained a humble man. The bishop first kept Juan Diego's imprinted cloak in his private chapel but then he placed it on public display in the church which they had built on Tepeyac Hill as the Virgin had requested the very next year. The first miracle surrounding the cloak occurred during the procession to Tepeyac Hill when a participant was shot in the throat by an arrow fired in celebration. After being placed in front of the miraculous image of Mary, the man was healed.
Juan Diego moved into a little hermitage on Tepeyac Hill and lived a solitary life of prayer and work. He remained there until his death on December 9th, 1548, 17 years after the first apparition. News of Our Lady's apparitions caused a wave of nearly 3,000 natives a day to be converted to the Christian faith. Details of St. Juan Diego's experience and the Blessed Mother's words move them deeply. During the revolutions in Mexico at the beginning of the 20th century, non-believers attempted to destroy the image with an explosion. The altars, marble steps, the flower holders, and the basilica windows were all damaged. But the pane of glass protecting the image was not even cracked. St. Juan Diego's imprinted cloak with the image of Our Lady of Guadalupe has remained perfectly preserved from 1531 to this present time. The Basilica of Guadalupe on Tepeyac Hill has become one of the world's most visited Catholic shrines. St. Juan Diego is the patron saint of indigenous people. His feast day is December 9th. As you walk this week, reflecting on the humble life of this Saint Juan Diego, let us pray and ask his intercession for all of our needs and the needs of our world. O Saint Juan Diego, in appearances of Our Lady of Guadalupe, you, a humble peasant, were chosen as her messenger. Your faithfulness to this task is evident still today in the miraculous image the Virgin left on your tilma. Intercede for me, I pray, that I might have your childlike trust in the Mother of God and that my heart might respond to her maternal promptings. Through such simple confidence, obedience, and love, may I join you one day in sharing everlasting joy. We pray this in the name of Jesus, asking the intercession of his mother Mary, Our Lady of Guadalupe. Amen. You may want to stop your recording now. Enjoy your walk and your meditation. And turn it back on when you're ready to pray the closing prayer. For the closing prayer, in honor of Our Lady of Guadalupe and St. Juan Diego, consider praying the Hail Mary prayer three times or reciting the Magnificat. However you choose to close your prayer, give thanks to God for the gift of the Blessed Virgin Mary, our model of faith. Amen. Let us walk in the pathway of the saints Follow close their examples of following the Lord Let us faithfully finish the race And behold the face of God The reflection and meditations on the life of St. Juan Diego will have us consider both the common, the mystical, and definitely the transformative work of God in and through the life of St. Juan Diego. Little is known about the life of Juan Diego before his conversion to Christianity at the age of 50. And what we do know about him is forever connected to the appearance of Our Lady of Guadalupe, which in turn generated the conversion of all of Mexico and Latin America to Catholicism. Indeed, the Blessed Virgin Mary entered the very life stream of Central America 
and became an inextricable part of Mexican life and history. Her appearance at the center of the American continents has contributed to the Virgin of Guadalupe being given the title Mother of the Americas. She indeed is our patroness. It is said that timing is everything. And for sure, the time in history that Juan Diego lived is significant to his story. The Aztecs ruled most of Central America in 1500 and their empire, known as Mesoamerica, extended from the Gulf of Mexico to the Pacific Ocean and included the lands of Mexico, Guatemala, Belize, and portions of Honduras and El Salvador. Montezuma became king of the Aztecs in 1503 and ruled from what is now modern-day Mexico City. The native people of that region were known as Mexica. Montezuma demanded heavy tribute from the surrounding Indian tribes and was poised to conquer the few remaining regions of the indigenous but dying Mayan civilization. The city of Tenochtitlan was the center of religious worship for the Aztecs. Since the Mexica believed that their gods required human blood to subsist, sacrifice, including human sacrifice, was practiced in order to appease the Aztec deities. The Spaniard Hernando Cortez landed on the Gulf shore of Mexico in 1519 with an aim to conquer the land. The arrival of the Spanish conquistadors with their metal breastplates, snorting horses, loud smoking guns, and vicious dogs proved a frightening spectacle to the Indians. Cortez won over outlying Indian tribes who resented the heavy demands and costly sacrifices enforced by the Aztecs. The native peoples were also susceptible to disease brought to their shores by the Europeans. The Aztec kingdom was decimated by the smallpox epidemic that began in 1520. Disease coupled with ongoing war with the conquistadors brought surrender from the Aztecs in the year 1521. The once glorious capital city, Tenochtitlan, now Mexico City, was destroyed and with it, the Aztec practice of human sacrifice. The conquest of Mesoamerica was complete. The first action of the conquistadors was to place the region under the Spanish crown and demolish the temples of sacrifice and build Catholic churches in their place. Cortes did call for missionaries to convert the native Indians, and shortly after the conquest, the Franciscan friar Peter Ghent from Belgium arrived in New Spain in 1523. He adopted the ways of the Indians and lived a life of poverty among the natives. He learned the native Aztec language and soon appreciated that communication with the natives was through images, music, and poetry. He first began to educate their young, and the natives soon learned to trust him and listened to the Christian message. Records show that he was the priest who baptized Juan Diego and his wife, Maria Luisa, as well as his uncle, Juan Bernardino. Twelve more Franciscan missionaries arrived in 1524, who also lived among the native people through their simplicity and humility, they grew in acceptance by the natives. They also found that many were highly resistant to Christianity, the religion of the conquistadors, who had dealt with them so violently and destroyed their cultural and religious center, building their own literally on top of it. In an attempt to offset this negative impact, European Emperor Charles V 
appointed Franciscan friar Juan de Zumaraga as the first bishop of Mexico City and protector of the Indians in 1528. He accomplished much in his 20 years as bishop, including the establishment of the first grammar school, library, printing press, the first college, and hospital. The bishop spent much of his first years in Mexico objecting to the ruthless treatment of the Indians. The Indians themselves were fed up with the Spanish occupation, and resentment had reached a flashpoint. Isolated outbreaks of fights with the Spaniards had become inevitable, and Bishop Zumaraga feared a general insurrection. Such was the setting in 1531, when the events of Our Lady's encounters with Juan Diego happened while he was walking. Prayer prompts for today. St. Juan Diego was born into a certain context in history where there were terrible treatment of persons, the indigenous peoples, done in the name of God for conquest of territories in God's name. The Aztec Indian Catholic Juan Diego in the midst of a wounded and mistrustful society, was tapped to be an instrument to begin God's work of healing, reconciliation, and evangelization through the outreach of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Today, reflect on the mission of healing and reconciliation in our world. How might you be open to be a part of what that ongoing mission of God's love is doing. Listen to the words of Pope Francis in his visit to Latin America just a few years ago in 2015. He said, I humbly ask forgiveness, not only for the offenses of the church herself, but also for crimes committed against the native peoples during the so-called conquest of America. What are you moved to bring to prayer today? Ponder the words of Pope Francis. I humbly ask forgiveness. Walk with those words today, paying attention to what they bring you to in prayer. St. Juan Diego, walk with me. You may want to stop your recording now. Enjoy your walk and your meditation. And turn it back on when you're ready to pray the closing prayer. For the closing prayer, in honor of Our Lady of Guadalupe and St. Juan Diego, consider praying the Hail Mary prayer three times, or reciting the Magnificat. However you choose to close your prayer, give thanks to God for the gift of the Blessed Virgin Mary, our model of faith. Amen. Let us walk in the pathway of the saints. Follow close their examples of following the Lord. Let us faithfully finish the race and behold the face of God. The Aztec Indian Kualatausen, which means the one who speaks like an eagle, we have come to know as St. Juan Diego. He was born in 1474. He married a young girl named Malinson, and they lived with Juan Diego's uncle. The three were among the few to be baptized in the early days and given the names Juan Diego, Maria Lucia, and the uncle Juan Bernardino. 
Maria Lucia was childless and died a premature death in 1529, leaving Juan Diego a widower at age 55. Even after her passing, it was his custom to attend mass and catechism lessons in Talateloco, about 15 miles from his home. At daybreak on Saturday, December 9th, 1531, he was on his way to the divine service and to do his errands. When he came to the little hill of Tepeyac, day was breaking. He heard singing from atop the hill. It was like the singing of various beautiful birds. When the singing stopped, he heard someone calling him in his native tongue from the top of the hill, calling Juanito or Little Juan. He climbed up the little hill to see from where he was being called. When he reached the summit, he saw a lady standing there who beckoned him to approach. Having reached her presence, he was amazed. Her vestments sent forth sun-like radiance, the rock on which the sole of her foot was poised, shot through by the radiant shafts of light. He knelt before her and listened to her sweet words, spoken in the way one addresses someone greatly esteemed. She said, Juanito, the smallest of my children, where are you going? He answered, in Talateloco, to continue the study of the divine mysteries taught by our priests, who are the emissaries of our Lord. She then spoke and revealed her holy and benevolent desire. She said, be it known and understood by you, the smallest of my children, that I am the ever-Virgin Mary, mother of the true God, from whom all life has come, of the Creator, the Lord of heaven and earth. I desire a temple built for me here, where I can show and offer all my love, compassion, help, and protection. For I am your merciful mother, wishing to hear and help you and all who dwell in this land and all those who loving me invoke and place their confidence in me. I will hear your complaints and remedy all your sorrows, hardships, and sufferings. Go to the bishop's palace and tell him that I sent you to make it clear how very much I desire that he build a temple for me here on this place. You shall tell him exactly all you have seen and marveled at and what you have heard. Be certain that I shall be very grateful and reward you. I shall make you happy and you shall greatly merit my recompensing you for the work and trouble that the mission I entrust you will cause you. Now you have heard my command, my son, the smallest of all. Go now and give it your best effort. Whereupon he bowed low before her and said, My lady, I am going now to carry out your command. For the present, your humble servant takes leave of you. Juan Diego went down the hill to carry out her command. He set out on the causeway, which goes directly into present-day Mexico City. Having entered the city, he went without delay to the palace of the bishop, Juan de Zumarraga. As soon as he got there, he tried to see him. He implored the servants to announce him, and after a good while, they came to call him for the bishop had ordered that he enter. As soon as he entered, he bowed and knelt down before him and immediately gave him the message from the Lady of Heaven and also told him everything he had marveled at, seen, and heard. After hearing all he had to say, the bishop did not seem to believe him and said, You shall come again, my son, 
and I will hear what you have to say at greater leisure. I will look into the matter carefully from the very first and give much thought and consideration to the goodwill and desire with which you have come. Juan Diego left and returned sadly, for he seemed to not have accomplished the task given to him by the Virgin Mother. Prayer Prompt and Meditation for Your Walk The apparition and mission entrusted to Juan Diego was the beginning of a major work of God in the New World, as we reflect on it from our position in the 21st century. Consider your encounter moments or experiences with the divine. Take some time to thank God for how and through whom he has revealed himself to you. How has the Blessed Mother Mary been a part of your spiritual journey? What might you consider from Juan Diego's story of encounter and mission? You may want to take time to listen to the birds singing today as you ponder this story, or you may sing a song of praise to Jesus and Our Lady yourself. Enjoy your walk. Saint Juan Diego, walk with me. You may want to stop your recording now. Enjoy your walk and your meditation. And turn it back on when you're ready to pray the closing prayer. For the closing prayer, in honor of Our Lady of Guadalupe and St. Juan Diego, consider praying the Hail Mary prayer three times or reciting the Magnificat. However you choose to close your prayer, give thanks to God for the gift of the Blessed Virgin Mary, our model of faith. Amen. Let us walk in the pathway of the saints, follow close their examples of following the Lord. Let us faithfully finish the race and behold the face of God. After being turned away by the bishop, Juan Diego returned and went directly to the top of the little hill and found the lady from heaven who was waiting for him on the same spot where he first saw her. He fell to his knees immediately and explained to her that though he had difficulty gaining entry to speak to the bishop, he did. And the bishop, though he listened to all he told him of the encounter with the lady from heaven, did not believe him. Juan Diego recounted to her, I understood perfectly by the way he responded that he thinks I may have made it up about you wanting a temple made for you here and that it may not be an order of yours. So I earnestly entreat you, my lady, to entrust one of the important people with the message, someone well-known respected and held in esteem so that it will be believed. For I am a little man, a thin rope, a little wooden stepladder, a tail, a leaf, one of the little unimportant people. And you, my lady, send me where I am out of place and have no standing. Forgive me if I cause you much grief and make you angry with me. The Holy Lady answered, Listen to me, smallest of all my beloved children, and understand that my servants and messengers are many, and any of them would be ordered to take my message and do my bidding. But it is in every way necessary that you solicit my cause and help me and that it be through your intercession 
that my wish be carried out. My little son, I urge and firmly order you to go again to the bishop tomorrow. Tell him in my name and make him fully understand my disposition, that he start work on the temple I ask of him. Tell him again that I, in person, the ever-Virgin Mary, Mother of God, send you. Juan Diego answered, My lady, may I cause you no worry or trouble. I shall go very gladly as you command. I will not fail to do so, nor think that the journey is hard. I will go in accordance with your wishes, but I may not be heard with approval, or if heard, still not believed. Tomorrow, toward sunset, I will return and give an account of the bishop's response. The following day was Sunday, December 10th, and at early dawn he left his house and went directly to Tlatloco. He arrived just before the 10 o'clock mass. After mass, with his mission in mind, he set out for the bishop's palace. As soon as he got there, he insisted on being seen and after many difficulties, was able to get in to see the bishop again. Kneeling down before him, he repeated the order he brought from the Lady of Heaven. The bishop, in order to verify the matter, asked many questions. Where had he seen her? What was she like? Juan Diego gave a full account of everything, but even though he recounted with great exactitude what she was like, and all he had seen and marveled at, so that in every way it should have been obvious that she was the ever-Virgin, Holy Mother of the Savior, Jesus Christ. Even then, he did not believe him, and said that he could not carry out the order on the basis of his account and at his request, but that it would be necessary to receive a sign before he could believe that the message had come from the Lady of Heaven herself. Upon hearing the bishop's words, Juan Diego asked, What kind of sign do you ask for? For I will go and request it from the Lady of Heaven who sent me. Juan Diego then went back to the hill and saw again the Most Holy Virgin for the third time. He gave her the bishop's reply. As soon as the lady had heard it, she said, That is all very well, my little son. You shall return here tomorrow for the sign he has requested. Then he will believe and no longer doubt or suspect you. And mark my words, my little son, I shall repay you for all the worry, work, and trouble you have taken on my behalf. Run along now, for tomorrow I shall be waiting for you here. Prayer Prompt and Meditations for Your Walk In the second apparition that St. Juan Diego has with Our Lady, you are privy to a beautiful exchange, which gives you a glimpse into the person of St. Juan Diego. He felt he had failed in the task she gave him to share her message with the bishop, You can hear his remorse as he said, My lady, entrust one of the important people with the message, someone well-known, respected, and held in esteem, so that it will be believed. For I am a little man, a thin rope, a little wooden stepladder, a tail, a leaf, one of the little unimportant people. And you, my lady, Send me where I am out of place and have no standing. Reflect on his words. Do they touch any similar feelings in you? Imagining that the Blessed Virgin could have appeared directly to the bishop, why do you think she chose Juan Diego? Reflect on her response to him. Listen to me, smallest of all my beloved children. 
and understand that my servants and messengers are many, and any of them could be ordered to take my message and do my bidding. But it is in every way necessary that you solicit my cause and help me, and that it be through your intercession that my wish be carried out. Ponder the many levels of healing, reconciliation, and purpose that Our Lady is putting into play in her choice of Juan Diego. Ponder areas in your own life where you may feel unworthy or unimportant. Consider offering your whole self to God today. No buts or accepts. See the gentleness of Mary, our mother, smiling at you, knowing that God chooses what is weak in us to show his glory and his love. St. Juan Diego, walk with me. You may want to stop your recording now. Enjoy your walk and your meditation and turn it back on when you're ready to pray the closing prayer. For the closing prayer, in honor of Our Lady of Guadalupe and St. Juan Diego, consider praying the Hail Mary prayer three times or reciting the Magnificat. However you choose to close your prayer, give thanks to God for the gift of the Blessed Virgin Mary, our model of faith. Amen. Let us walk in the pathway of the saints. Follow close their examples of following the Lord. Let us faithfully finish the race and behold the face of God. Though the Blessed Virgin told Juan Diego to return the following morning for the sign to take to the bishop, when Juan Diego returned home, he found that his uncle, Juan Bernardino, was gravely ill. Instead of going back to Tepeyac, he stayed home with his uncle. Juan Diego woke up the next morning, Tuesday, December 12, 1531, to bring a priest from the church so that his uncle might receive the sacrament of anointing of the sick. Juan had to pass to Payac Hill to get to the church. Instead of his usual route by the west side of the hill, he went around the east side to avoid the lady. Guess who descended the hill on the east side to intercept his route? The virgin met him and said, Least of my sons, what is the matter? Juan Diego was embarrassed by her presence. It was the fourth apparition. My lady, why are you up so early? Are you well? Forgive me. My uncle is dying and desires me to find a priest for the sacraments. It was no empty promise I made to you yesterday morning but my uncle fell ill. Mary said to him, my little son, do not be distressed and afraid. Am I not here who am your mother? Are you not under my shadow and protection? Am I not the fountain of your joy? Are you not in the fold of my mantle, in the cradle of my arms? She impressed on him, Your uncle will not die at this time. This very moment, his health is restored. There is no reason now for your errand to find a priest. So you can go peacefully, attend to mine. Go to the top of the hill, cut the flowers that are growing there, and bring them to me. Flowers in December? Impossible, he must have thought. But Juan Diego was obedient, 
and sure enough, he found beautiful Castilian roses on the hilltop. As he cut them, he decided the best way to protect them against the cold was to cradle them in his tilma, a long cloth cape worn by the Aztecs and often looped up as a carry-all. He ran back to the Holy Lady, and she arranged the roses and tied the lower corners of the tilma behind his neck so that nothing would spill, and said, You see, little son, this is the sign I am sending to the bishop. Tell him that now he has his sign. He should build the temple I desire in this place. Do not let anyone but him see what you are carrying. Hold both sides until you are in his presence, and tell him how I intercepted you on your way to get the priest to give the last sacraments to your uncle. How I assured you he was perfectly healed, and sent you to cut these roses that I arranged myself. Remember, little son, you are my trusted ambassador, and this time the bishop will believe all that you tell him. This fourth apparition was the last known time that Juan Diego ever saw the Virgin Mary. Juan Diego called for the third time on the bishop and explained all that had passed. Then he pulled up both hands and untied the corners of the crude cloth behind his neck. The looped-up fold of the tilma fell. The flowers, he thought, were the precious sign, tumbled out onto the floor. The bishop rose from his chair and fell to his knees in adoration before the tilma, as well as everyone else in the room. For on the tilma was the image of the Blessed Virgin Mary, with features of an indigenous woman, just as described by Juan Diego. Meanwhile, in the course of these events, Juan Bernardino, the dying uncle, experienced his room filled with soft light. A luminous young woman filled with love was standing there and told him he would get well. During this apparition, she told him that she had sent his nephew to the bishop with an image of herself and said, Call me and my image the ever-Virgin Mary of Guadalupe. Spend the time as you walk pondering the many layers of this story of Our Lady of Guadalupe being revealed and the human collaboration with the supernatural working intricately together. What surprises you in the story? Consider your own experiences of finding yourself in a plan larger than your own. Allow time in your walk to ponder and thank God for all the ways in which he persists to carry out his plans. Listen to Jeremiah 29, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. What role do you have in collaborating with that plan? You may want to notice the flowers today as you walk. Think about how flowers played a role in Our Lady and Juan Diego's story. What are you carrying that has left an imprint on you? How might you pick up gifts from God, from Our Lady, that leave their image on your soul? make an impression that others see in you or on you. 
find a way today to honor Our Lady of Guadalupe, who said to Juan Diego, and through him to all of us, Am I not here who is your mother? Take time to contemplate the Blessed Mother in your own life and her ongoing mission of evangelization, of pointing us all to Jesus, her son. Saint Juan Diego, walk with me. Our Lady of Guadalupe, pray for me. You may want to stop your recording now. Enjoy your walk and your meditation and turn it back on when you're ready to pray the closing prayer. For the closing prayer, in honor of Our Lady of Guadalupe and St. Juan Diego, consider praying the Hail Mary prayer three times or reciting the Magnificat. However you choose to close your prayer, give thanks to God for the gift of the Blessed Virgin Mary, our model of faith. Amen. Let us walk in the pathway of the saints, follow close their examples of following the Lord. Let us faithfully finish the race and behold the face of God. Bishop Zumaraga was overwhelmed by the miracle of the tilma, and this time he extended his hospitality to Juan Diego and invited him to stay. He gently removed the tilma and placed it in his private chapel, where all prayed in thanksgiving for the miracle. The following day, they set out for Tepeyac, and Juan Diego showed Bishop Zumaraga where the Lady from Heaven had appeared. The bishop directed that a small sanctuary be erected at the site. The enthusiasm from the event produced so many volunteers that a chapel in Tepeyac was constructed in just a few weeks. Juan Diego then asked leave of the bishop that he might go and see his uncle. The bishop, now impressed by Juan Diego, sent men to safely accompany him to his relative's home. Juan Bernardino greeted his nephew with the story of the beautiful woman who had appeared to him and made him well. He said the woman had identified herself as Kolak Sapua, which means she who crushes the serpent. When the Aztec word Colaxapua was relayed to the bishop, he thought the natives were saying Guadalupe. So the bishop began calling the woman who appeared Our Lady of Guadalupe after a famous shrine familiar to him in Spain, named for a dark-skinned image of Our Lady revered in Spain. The image of the pregnant dark-skinned woman who called herself she who crushes the serpent instantly appealed to the natives. She was one of their own. Bishop Zumaraga gave custody of the image and the shrine to Juan Diego, who told all who visited it that the woman who appeared to him was the mother of God. On December 26, 1531, a solemn procession with the bishop, Juan Diego, the Franciscan priests, and the faithful brought the tilma from the cathedral to the chapel at Tepeyac that became known as the Hermitage. Thousands attended the procession. In the excitement, some Indians shot arrows into the air in celebration. One mortally wounded a man in the procession. A priest tended to the wound 
and prayers were said. The man was reported to have been miraculously healed. This only added to the fervor of the procession. Juan Diego lived in a little house built for him next to the chapel at Tepeyac and showed the tilma and explained the apparition and its Christian significance over and over to pilgrims who visited the shrine. He died peacefully on May 30th, 1548 and was buried at Tepeyac. Bishop Zumaraga died the same year as Juan Diego. The miracle of Our Lady of Guadalupe led to a tidal wave of conversions. The few missionaries that initially were met with resistance became overwhelmed with baptisms, preaching, and instruction in the faith. The news of the appearance of the Indian mother who left her imprint on the tilma spread like wildfire. Three points were appreciated by the native population. First, the lady was Indian, spoke the Aztec language, and appeared to an Indian. Second, Juan Diego explained that she appeared at Tepeyac, which was the place of the Aztec mother god, sending a clear message that the Virgin Mary was the mother of the true God. And third, the Indians, who learned primarily through pictures and symbols, grasped the meaning of the tilma. The symbolism was primarily directed to Juan Diego and the Aztecs. Mary appears as a beautiful young Indian maiden with a look of love, compassion, and humility. Her hands are folded in prayer in reverence to the Almighty God. She herself is not a God. She is tanned or brown-skinned, wearing a rose dress adorned with a jasmine flower, eight petal flowers, and nine heart flowers, symbolic to the Aztec culture as that of an Aztec princess. Her blue mantle symbolized the royalty and the blue color symbolized life and unity. The stars on the mantle signified the beginning of a new civilization. Most important is that she wore a black maternity band signifying she was with child. At the center of the picture overlying her womb is a jasmine flower in the shape of an Indian cross, all signifying the divine and the center of the cosmic order to the Aztecs. This symbol indicated that the baby carried within her, Jesus Christ, the word made flesh, is divine and the true center of the universe. On the brooch around her neck is a cross indicating she is both a bearer and a follower of Christ, who gave his life as a sacrifice for all. This was certainly significant to the Aztecs in light of the beliefs in deities requiring human sacrifice. In summary, the image signified Mary bringing her son Christ to the new world through one of their own, which revealed the beautiful message of Christianity. It is no wonder that over the next seven years, from 1531 to 1538, eight million natives of Mexico converted to Catholicism. Prayer and Meditation Prompt Reflect on the beautiful and very intricate story of St. Juan Diego and the revelation of Our Lady of Guadalupe to the bishop. Ponder how many different ways the players in this story are woven together and how all of their challenges, both personal, like needing to tend to a sick family member rather than do what a lady from heaven has told you to do, 
actually works out for the best. Or the larger things in which your cooperation with the divine leads to life-changing events for more people than just yourself or that you could even imagine. Or even the seeming mistakes, like words spoken in one language are misunderstood in another language, but it turns out to confirm the entire thing. This is the amazing way that we see God right straight with crooked lines. Consider walking a windy path today as you walk. Allow yourself to pray with the unknowns in life, to hold the questions rather than having to know the answers. The unexpected turns, the interruptions, the things that come your way by surprise is the journey of faith. St. Juan Diego, walk with me. Our Lady of Guadalupe, pray for me. You may want to stop your recording now. Enjoy your walk and your meditation. And turn it back on when you're ready to pray the closing prayer. For the closing prayer, in honor of Our Lady of Guadalupe and St. Juan Diego, consider praying the Hail Mary prayer three times or reciting the Magnificat. However you choose to close your prayer, give thanks to God for the gift of the Blessed Virgin Mary, our model of faith. Amen. Let us walk in the pathway of the saints. Follow close their examples of following the Lord. Let us faithfully finish the race and behold the face of God. Let us follow the poor in spirit who were rich in the love of the Lord. Let us hunger and thirst for righteousness sake, for heaven will be our reward. Let us walk in the pathway of the saints, follow close their examples of following the Lord. Let us faithfully finish the race and behold the face of God. Let us offer our lives in devotion, be a witness to God in our midst. Let us join the great cloud of believers who rejoice at the throne of the Lamb. Let us walk in the pathway of the saints, follow close their examples of following the Lord. Let us faithfully finish the race and behold the face of God. Let us faithfully finish the race and behold the face of God. We at Morningstar Renewal Center thank you for joining our walking club, and we hope you enjoyed this week's Walking with the Saints, focusing on St. Juan Diego. Written resources and other great information about St. Juan Diego and Our Lady of Guadalupe can be found on our website at www.morningstarrenewal.org. Special thanks to the Walking Club team, Kathy Saunders and Suda Ferrari, for the research and arrangement of the material and prayer prompts. Michael DeFerrari for composing and performing Pathway of the Saints song. Resources in this audio file are taken primarily from Catholic Online, MaryOurMother.net, 
vatican.vanewsmonasteryicons.com and the hidden symbolism of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Feel free to check these resources and others on our resource page for St. Juan Diego Walking with the Saints at www.morningstarrenewal.org.